Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 359, most anticipated games for 2022. We'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, everyone, we're back and we're back talking about the latest and greatest in board gaming for the upcoming 2022 year. So, Anthony, I know this is probably going to be one of the biggest years in board gaming because a lot of games were delayed for 2021, and obviously 2022 is going to be the greatest year of all time. So, are you <laughs> this list? Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's not set it up too big, man, because the world being what it is, I don't know. <laughs> Um, Come on, yeah, no, this, get big. <laughs> I know. So just a sneak peek on like how this list comes together, because I every year I'll go through and I'll look at, you know, BGG, what's listed for 2022, all the things I've pre-ordered and everybody we know is pre-ordered, all the Kickstarters that are supposed to ship this year. Then I look at everybody else's anticipated lists that have come out already just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, and the result is a lot of games. A lot of games come out. <laughs> it's crazy. That's true. Uh, and so, obviously, they're not all on here. But keep mm-hmm. in mind, the many hours of research that went into pulling together this particular list <laughs> of, of games that are relevant to us, and therefore, hopefully, all of you that are listening, uh, there will be more that come out during the year that we don't know about right now, which is the coolest part about this hobby, is when something gets announced like three months before it exists. So much fun. And there might be other things that we don't know about because they just haven't crossed our radar, you know? So there's a lot of like big box adventure type stuff and miniature type things that we don't pay as much attention to these days uh, that you might be like salivating over and 
didn't make our list, but that doesn't mean they're not anticipated. So these are just, it's going to be a big year, I think. Because the ones that I know for sure are coming out this year from this list, all those alone I'm excited about. All right. Well, with our legal disclaimer aside, we right. will move ahead with Anthony's fantastic, wondrous, absolutely, definitely, possibly, could be, maybe, you never know, releases for 2022. <laughs> so, Anthony, with that said, uh, you've crafted together a tremendous list of great games. Most games that, again, that either we were anticipating seeing last year or we're expecting to see this year. So where do we go from here? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you will hear some games that we talked about last week. If you want to go back <gasps> and listen to last week, that's all the stuff we were anticipating 12 months ago, whether it came out or not. <laughs> and that's because, as as you said, Chris, a lot of things just kind of got stuck on a boat somewhere or stuck in a factory somewhere or didn't even get that far. So um, A three-hour tour. <laughs> yeah, a 300-day tour. Uh, so... <laughs> There are a lot of those games on the list, but there's also a lot of new stuff. Starting with the first game on our list, Horseless Carriage. This is a new one from Splatter, which automatically puts it on my list. I don't really know a lot about it. Nobody really does. They haven't released much information. Other than that, it is an economic game about the manufacturing of early automobiles. That's all we know. And so the basic <laughs> idea here is like, when a new technology comes out, everybody tries random things to see what everybody's going to buy. And so early cars looked crazy, right? Before they got narrowed down to the Model T. Um, and you're going to be building some of those crazy cars and see what people want to buy. I'm super psyched for it. I love Splatter games in general, but especially their economic games. And this was an instant pre-order for me. And I know how much it costs, but it's fine. I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> I like how Splatter did the complete opposite of Kickstarter. Like Kickstarter... They right. give you literally every piece of information that can possibly squeeze into that box and like endless numbers of reviews and previews and personal, you know, designer journals and things like this. And Splatter comes out and they're like, we're Splatter. This is a game. We're not even going to tell you what it's going to be. You're just going to buy it. And Anthony's like, yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. I will do so. No question, yeah. sir. Not a problem, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like when Beyonce just releases an, an album with no warning. She just drops it. And you're like, you're going to buy it. I don't need to market this. It's fine. Wow. So so Splatter is a Beyonce of board gaming? Is that what you're saying? I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I'm just, you know, all right. There's a go. There's a take. It's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Horseless Carriage coming out sometime this year. By all accounts, mm -hmm. they're taking people's money. So I'm assuming they're going to ship it soon. Um, <laughs> or they're going to they're going to leave whatever country they're in at the moment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, where right. are you now? Nobody knows. Uh, all right. So next game on the list, Gutenberg. This game was released at Essen uh, last year, but for North America and several other territories, it had not been picked up yet. And Portal Games picked it up just the last week or so. So it's going to be coming out in March. Um, you can pre-order it now, actually. If you're listening to this, I got the press release this morning. So this game is about the development of the printing press. And it comes with little cool typeset pieces, which is just look amazing, like the little bits that you put into the, the press. And uh, yeah, honestly, like any game that brings a new theme to the table, and this is a new theme, you know, the manufacturing of books, but specifically right when it started, very cool. Yeah, I, I look forward to this as well. I, this kind of popped my interest. So yeah, this is definitely a pickup. 
All right. Uh, next on the list, we have the world's hottest board game that will be number one by the end of the year. No questions <laughs> asked. <laughs> if you look at YouTube right now, that's that's the general vibe. Uh, Arc Nova. This is coming from Capstone and Fjordland Spiel. And it should ship out here in the next month or so. I think Capstone said they're getting them in in February. Uh, so we're definitely getting it this year. <laughs> so unless you didn't pre-order, in which case maybe you're getting it this year because it's already sold out through like three printings. Um, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I don't think I'm like over the moon psyched, like some, some people want me to be. Um, but there are a lot of people coming out really, really hot takes on this game. And it's already up into like the top 200, uh, just based off of European players, which is crazy. crazy. So, uh, I definitely want to play it based on hype alone. I don't imagine it'll live up to it because what can, but I'm excited. It's a big Euro. It's a tableau builder. It's got terraforming Mars mechanics in it. That sounds cool. All right. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh boone lake from alexander fister uh this is a new one that kind of uses his move to different locations and do things action uh mm. which is similar to like maracaibo or great western trail but a little mixed up and it is a civilization exploration game but seems like it is removing it from like that age of exploration era that is so problematic uh so hopefully that's the case hopefully it doesn't create any thematic issues uh this game's been out for a little while in europe so people have had a chance to play it we have not but it is shipping here in the next couple of months so we will play it soon all right uh frost haven the sequel to the world's biggest board game of all time ever number one forever until arc nova comes along uh (laughs) is finally shipping out this year it did get delayed a little bit from last year and you know people been playing it it's been at conventions and I don't know. Everybody I know who backed this is over the moon excited. This is their game of the year before it even comes out. I'm not as hot on it just because Gloomhaven burned me out and I haven't recovered yet. So uh, I would like to play it. And if somebody I know owns it, I will sit down to play it. But I cannot imagine picking it up. Yeah, same. I, I think, you know, 40 or 50 adventures in and I'm just like, I can't go back. Don't send me back. Don't send me back. Even though it seems like every element of this is better than Gloomhaven. So it's almost kind of sad, but yeah, just can't, just can't pull the trigger yet on this. Right. Uh, next up, we got Bitoku uh, from Devere. Uh, we actually got a chance to see this and people were playing it and we took home a copy of it that we'll be reviewing sometime in the next month, month and a half um, from PAX. And it is a big sprawling Euro game, massive board, mm-hmm. lots of colors, lots of pieces, uh, We'll see how it works, but the people who've played it seem to be all about it. Like the rating is high. I've heard a lot of good things from people I know and trust. Uh, Mm. And, you know, the mechanics sound interesting. It just looks very busy. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Next up we have. Go for it. Next up we have Rolling Heights. This is a new game from Mm -hmm. AEG and John D. Clare from all the games AEG releases. That's what he does. Uh, So. Mystic Veil, Edge of Darkness, everything else. I don't know. His name pops up a lot. And it is a game of being a general contractor in the 1920s. So, woo! Uh, But you'll be rolling workers and building out different buildings. Uh, There's all these little bits and pieces and interesting dice mechanics. So we saw a preview of it at PAX. Didn't get a chance to demo it, but it looks interesting. Uh. In general, John D. Clare's games are ambitious, if nothing else. Um, be interesting to see how it plays. It's very true. 
The Spill is the next game on the list. This is from Smirk and Dagger, and it is a pandemic-style game about cleaning up an oil spill. So it's a great theme, great idea, especially in the age of the world's best co-op game is about a pandemic and no one wants to play it, <laughs> except for a select few people for whom that's therapeutic. Um, it's a new theme. It's different. I'm excited for it because I just I like having that kind of game accessible. Very true. Nice. All right. Familiar Tales from Plat Hat Games, a new one from Jerry Hawthorne. So this uses the book as a board mechanic. Uh, it's kind of a co-op deck building fantasy adventure, you know, all the stuff Jerry Hawthorne is known for. So it looks like if you took stuff, fables and mice and mystics and kind of jam them together, that's what you get here. Uh, I don't know if that's the case, but that's what it looks like. Next up, we have Founders of Teotihuacan. It is not a Tashini game, but it does use that IP, I guess, is what they're making it now. Uh, it's designed by Philip Glowich, uh, who actually worked for Board and Dice uh, in the marketing department. So we actually know Philip. And it is a strategy game in which you are building the city. So kind of the original builders thing. I don't know about the concept of using the founders of approach mm. because it did not work for Gloomhaven at all. No. But, <laughs> uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm interested to see how the game works. The mechanics sound interesting, if nothing else. I'm really scared of that. This is kind of like the t the kiss of death. So, yeah, you go do that and let me know how that is. Because... <laughs> yeah, I will give it a go. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, we have Settlement. This is from Alexander Nevsky, and it is a game uh, about settling uh, a new island, I believe. And now Nevsky worked on several games that you'd be familiar with that are not really Euroish. They're like Mysteria, Mysterium Park. Uh, Detective Club. So this is kind of a new genre approach um, for him, but it's still a relatively light game by all accounts. Like they're putting up a two. So I'm interested to see how it works. You're building stuff and hunting monsters and building an outpost. So it has like all these different pieces in it that you might expect. There's a lot of bits in the box. Um, does it warrant all those bits? We will find out. Sounds good. All right. Next up, Eternal Palace from Alley Cat Games, designed by Steven Aramini. This is a game about uh, helping the emperor rebuild his palace in ancient China. So uh, this is a game that was on Kickstarter a while ago, I think. Um, Might have even had to, I can't remember if this is the one that had to change the name or if there was another one that had to change the name, but there was multiple games trying to use the same name. And so they kind of cycled through them all. But um, be interested to see how this one performs. I mean, early feedback is middling, but it's very pretty. Next one up is from designer Fabio Lopiano, uh, Zapotech. And so Lopiano is a favorite of ours. He designed Kalamala, which I know you love, mm -hmm. uh, Ragusa, okay. which I love, Merv, which we both love. So <laughs> like um, high hopes for this game. It's coming from Board and Dice. And I think I think possibly we'll have a copy sometime soon. So get a chance to give it a go. But it's about the ancient pre-Columbian civilization and kind of building that out, building the temples and the fields and the villages there. Um, I don't know. Don't know much more about it, but looking forward to trying it out. Lopiano's games are generally quick and thinky at the same time. All right. Weather Machine. This one should ship this year, I hope. Uh, it <laughs> back in the fall. 
typically these big Eagle Griffin boxes come out about a year after the Kickstarter. So here's hoping because this is the new Lacerda and it looks awesome and crazy, but very cool. Already backed. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Uh, Messina 1347 is the new game from Vladimir Succi, uh, co-designed with Raul Fernandez Aparicio and from Delicious Games, his company. I don't know what to think of it. Like mechanics look interesting. The theme does not because we're talking about the plague, <laughs> the Black mm. Death. I don't know that we I don't know. Some people are, are totally fine with themes around pandemics. You know, there's a lot of television media right now. Station 11 is apparently amazing. I have trouble engaging with that. So I don't know how many are on our side and other sides and who's engaging with what. But um, this is one we'll probably end up avoiding, at least in the short term. But I'm interested to see how it does. Yeah, I love the designer, but the theme is honestly the last thing I want to play right now. So yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next up, Mobile Markets, smartphone game uh, from Ivan Lashin. This is the slightly shorter, slightly faster, slightly streamlined version of Smartphone Inc. We played half of a game at PAX. It was very cool, but we don't obviously have a full play under our belts to compare it. But a lot of people are saying it's better than Smartphone Inc., or at least more accessible, easier to get to the table. If that's the case, awesome, because Smartphone Inc., I feel like, didn't really land as hard as it should have for as good of a game as it was. Yeah, I agree. I enjoy this a lot. This is definitely a pickup. I think I'll, I don't know if I enjoy it better than Smartphone Inc. Just because Smartphone Inc. has a really interesting board kind of presence and has different dynamics. I really, I really feel like, and again, we'll have to see when we play the full game of this, but I, I feel like this is one of those situations where you could certainly own both. Yeah. Yeah, no, it feels like it to me. It's like a Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition situation. I agree. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, we have Azul Queen's Garden. So this was available in various locations at the end of last year, but not here yet. So it goes in our 2022 list. And it is, you're building out the Queen's Garden. And so instead of triangles and square tiles, now we have hexes with Azul rules. So it's the fourth version of Azul. Every one of these they put out seems to work and people dig it. Sure, and sure. I own all three of them for some reason. So I will definitely check it out. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Blood on the Clock Tower is a highly uh, anticipated social deduction murder mystery type of game that people have been talking about for years. Um, but And it's been floating around like convention circuits and small group gatherings. People have been playing like these various prototype copies. It's almost like this mythical game at this point but it is actually releasing where people will be able to play it soon so like the rest of us <laughs> hopefully uh next up darwin's journey uh we may have mentioned this last week it is it was kickstarted last year but it is shipping sometime this year uh, from simone luciani nestor mangone and thundergriff games looks really interesting looks really good i still backed off of it I don't. I didn't go in on the Kickstarter. I know Chris, you did though, right? I did. I did. And again, this was a game that I didn't have. My big problem with these Kickstarters is it isn't heavy enough, or like complex enough, or deep enough, or the amount of money you pay plus the time that you're actually waiting for it. This was kind of on the line for me, but I'm really hopeful that it's not kind of 
meets all those expectations. So, yes, I did back that. All right. So, I look forward to seeing that when it comes in. Uh, Frostpunk, the board game, is uh, another one from designer Adam Kwapinski, who is probably like the busiest, highest ranked designer that you don't quite recognize the name of at this point, but you will soon, I'm sure. Um, mostly from Nemesis, which is now number 17 on Board Game Geek. Somehow, like people love that game. Uh, but also Lords of Hellas, Origins First Builders just came out. And this is his new game that is coming out this year about uh, city survival, um, where heat means life. So it's nice, cold, far future, apocalyptic type of thing. You're trying to stay alive. Perseverance Castaway Chronicles, episodes one and two from Mind Clash Games. This is the game that we can't figure out. I don't know what it is. I still don't know what it is. It's like a dinosaur world or something. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I, this is, there are some games that when they come up, I'm like, I hope somebody I know backs this because I want to figure out what it is, but I cannot pay that much money to figure out what it is. I think at some point there'll be a Mind Clash game about trying to figure out Mind Clash games. And that Mind Clash game will be so complex that you probably won't figure that one out either. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of rough. You know, look, and it's it's gonna end up being like not complicated at all. Just be like, no, we just couldn't explain it. That's all. <laughs> it's a marketing failure. It's crazy. Uh all right, next up is Verdant from Flat Out Games. Uh this is the company behind Calico and Cascadia, which was my personal game of the year last year. Uh super, super looking forward to it. It's collecting and caring for house plants. How cute is that? And that's kind of their MO at this point. It's cute themes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, again, it's it's the year of the cute themes, or the last couple of years with cute themes. So you throw a cap yeah. in the cover and you're good to go. So why not? Yeah. No, I'm all about it. Uh, I backed this once I realized it was from the same people as Cascadia. All right. Uh, another big game that I shied away from personally, I think we both did uh, due to cost, honestly. Return to Dark Tower. Yes. This is the apparently electronic tower connected to an app on your phone running this big sprawling thing. I don't know. <laughs> they had a copy set up at PAX. People were checking it out. It looked cool, but I don't have the nostalgia for this anyway, so there's no way I was going to back it, but I'm just interested to see if it works. Yeah, I actually have a little nostalgia for, for both of us. This was kind of like one of those formative games as a kid, and it was always a growth game. I wanted to get this game. I looked forward to purchasing it at some point, and then it was just one of those situations when you know, the restoration games was going to bring it out. I was, I was kind of happy about it, but I said to myself pretty early on that if it, if it wasn't like a fully operational tower, like all the mechanics and the digital stuff was in there, I just wasn't going to do it because I've had so many of those other games where you had to work off of other apps or systems like that. And I just wanted, a, I just wanted the game to be a game and it just, it, it was just enough, unfortunately, to push me away, plus the fact that it was incredibly expensive. And that mm. was just another Kickstarter thing. I think it was over 200 some odd dollars for it. So crazy. at that yeah, point, you could have just picked up the original. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I was just like, why not just pick up the original then? You know, it's like those those crazy grail prices weren't so crazy after all. So, Yeah, 
increasingly uh. that's the case. Like these grail game prices and you're like, I don't know. I spend that much on a Kickstarter two or three times a year. It's not, it's not that crazy. Yeah. Especially when you're, when you're honestly straight out buying nostalgia. So if I really want those really lousy kind of audio files that, that play in the plastic tower and I don't need like some super realistic, you know, iPhone app to do that. Cause that's not what I was looking for, for that. But yeah. I really hope it's a great game for everybody. I hope everyone really enjoys it and that it's, it just, it's amazing. So I'm never mad at a game that I don't back that turns out to be amazing because I'm always like, oh, cool. There's just better stuff in the world. But I don't know. Maybe someday I'll pick this up on sale if, if it's uh, that good of a game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I want to try it out at least. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Next one, we got Vagrant Song from Weird Miniatures, which is a interesting company to, to kind of bring this one out. Mm-hmm. This has been on the hotness for a while now, so you've probably seen this one poking around. But it is a game in which you hop on a ghost train and have to work together <laughs> with your fellow train hoppers to escape the ghost train. Uh, yeah, it's duh. cooperative. It's a boss <laughs> battler. So, yeah, right. Duh. So it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't know, almost give me like a cuphead feel type of thing. Like just yes. like old school style artwork and you're going up against these crazy bosses. Um, it looks really cool. And it's got a 20 scenario campaign on top of it. I, I don't know. Like, these aren't typically my type of game, but it sounds really interesting. Yeah, this was a big Kickstarter that everyone was very stoked about. And as you mentioned, the artwork is very cuphead based. It's really dynamic. It's really of that age and time. And it's amazing. The components in the game are also very beautiful, like really high quality cards and miniatures and artwork and graphic design. The only place that kind of lets it down is it just becomes one of those kind of like move and hit kind of situations where you roll a die and i'm just like uh all right okay (laughs) like i I don't know i was expecting something a little more different and dynamic but it it kind of devolves into kind of like you know hack and slash but um Mm -hmm. yeah i would love to play too yeah for sure Mm -hmm. um all right so another one here that i'm gonna let you talk about because i know you paid more attention to it than i did hegemony lead your class to victory yeah, and and again, this was another game that I was kind of suspicious about because it was a first-time designer. And honestly, that's what Kickstarter is all about, that to back these first-time designers so that they can get their games out to the market. The Kickstarter had so much care and education and information that was put into it. I was kind of like, all right, I'll take a look at this now. And then they put out like educational, full educational books to go with, along with the game, which was about all of these different social and financial classes kind of in competition, but also cooperation with each other. And I was like, Oh, this is really intriguing. And then they threw like literally everything that you could possibly think of in a great board game, like up the quality and everything else. And then they were like, Oh, by the way, this is fairly reasonably priced. And I was like, cool backed it. So yeah. yeah. Hegemony seems to be like a game that, it's going to be long. It's going to be like your, you know, I wouldn't say like a TI4 long game, but it's certainly going to be a long game because you're going to have to teach each of the different factions or classes to different people, kind of like Root. So this is going to be an involved situation, but I'm really looking forward to getting this to the table. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Seventh Citadel. This mm. is, this was actually on our most anticipated list two years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they ran the Kickstarter at, in mid late, I think it was September of 2020. 
And so mm-hmm. it's been not quite a year and a half uh, since the Kickstarter ran. And they always said it was coming in May of 2022. So they're not behind. It's just long stretch of time in between. And it's the <laughs> sequel to Seventh Continent. Sure. Uh, which Seventh Continent was, you know, innovative, creative, uh, cooperative kind of exploration game with like a mechanic that let you save things brutally difficult, but had a lot of cool mechanics mixed in. And this kind of takes that and levels it up a little bit. I'm interested in it, but it's kind of like a Gloomhaven situation. I didn't back it because I have seventh continent in the expansion and I'm never going to get through all of it. There's so much in the box. There's like 1500 cards, but for those people who did and want new stuff, it looks good. <laughs> yeah. This is another game that I, I wish I had another life just to play this because it it doesn't seem like that amount of content. So I was like, and since I don't, I'm not backing this because I'm not crazy. All right. I'm kind of crazy, but not this kind of crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If there's literally zero chance I play it, I probably shouldn't buy it. (laughs) Which is really the funniest thing, Anthony. If you remember when we first started out, when we talked about board games and about value of board games, we always talked about replayability. Like a board game Mm -hmm. had to have like, as much replayability as possible because the board game will last forever unless you back return to dark tower. And then you don't have the app from like 2020 that, you know, 30 years later, they're not using those apps anymore. But now it's one of those things where it's like, it has so much content on these games now that you just like, I'm never going to finish this game. And it's just (laughs) like, I don't now it's almost a a detraction actually. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, I have a couple games right now I'm looking at considering getting rid of because I know I'm never going to get to them. And the fact that there's so much content is keeping me from starting them. And I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to play it because how much stuff there is, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's taking up space, you know? Sure. All right. Next up, we've got a finite game without any stretch goals that we saw at PAX. uh, Jurassic World, The Legacy of Isla Nublar. Uh, This is a legacy spin on the Jurassic park world universe starts way before Mm -hmm. jurassic park goes through after jurassic world and i don't it looked really good like we sat down for about a half an hour we got to see all the mechanics we got to see the artwork walk through some of the basic uh of of the tutorial and it looks really interesting for like a family style approach cooperative approach to legacy gaming yeah no i think um it's definitely one of those games that will get that kind of attention moving forward uh and i I guess it's one of those situations where you get to play the full campaign and as they talked about once you play the full campaign you'll have a game you can play you know moving forward um they didn't mention they didn't mention the other game that shall not be mentioned that tried to do that and did it very poorly so um true maybe this is the best game you know what i'm really interested in this kickstarter i I have no idea what we're going to look at when Mm -hmm. this kickstarter comes out so if for no other reason, I think everyone should check out the Kickstarter because I guess generally or the idea of this is that it's supposed to be something brand new, like where you get everything, but you only pay like one reasonable price. Yeah, so yeah, that mm-hmm. seems to be what they were saying. So I, I hope so, because we need more. I of agree. Those. Definitely. All right. Uh, another Kickstarter campaign that's been on our list for three years. It's your favorite th- to talk about. Madeira mm-hmm. Collector's Edition. I'm not talking about that game anymore, man. It's It's been way too many years. I really, I'm like, I'm starting to get like flashbacks and stuff like that. Because the funny thing about that was the campaign, like I missed a campaign by like minutes. And then I emailed the guy and I was like, hey, can I get in on this? He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. 
And now I just feel like the biggest fool in the world because I got in on the <laughs> campaign that's just like, don't go in the burning boat. And I'm like, sure, burning boat. That's warmer, right? It's a warmer yeah, why boat. Not? Why wouldn't I get in the burning boat? So yeah, now I'm really, I'm really sorry I got in the burning boat because they've had endless numbers of problems, issues. I don't know. I I feel bad. I don't. I mean, I it, it's it's a mess. Can we say it's a mess? Yeah. Can we say that legally? Check with the legal department, Anthony. Can we say it's a mess? Uh, yeah, no, it's a pretty big mess. That last email yeah. they sent out was not comfortable to read. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was that was definitely a thing. Uh, all right. So uh, moving on from games that will never come out to games that have actually already come out. <laughs> um, this one came out the very, very, very end of December. And so to Kickstarter backers, so nobody else got it that, at that point. So I'm going to call it 2022 because no one's going to play it till then. Streets from Sinister Fish Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have actually played this now. So it's like nice. a, a weird one where I could just tell you what I think of it. But this is a preview. So I'm not going to do that until we get to the review. Uh, but Tile Lang, we both backed it on Kickstarter. So I know we were both very excited about it based on the pedigree of Villagers. Um, it's good. I love Villagers and I was so happy to back this. So I don't know. I, I was lucky enough to get it as I was moving for the fifth time in a year, <laughs> more or less. So I was just like, throw it in the back of the bag. I have it with me, going to get to the table, really excited about it. Uh, love a lot of game in a little box. I think that's, yeah. we, we've moved on for way too much game in a box to a lot of game in a little box. And oh my I, no one does it better than they do. That game, that box is packed, bro. Like that is, yeah. that is it's, a serious it's hard thing. to repack. It's, it's hard to repack. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you could take every game, Sinister Fish games in my collection and put it in a tiny box like that, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be fun. They should just stop making games and just start making boxes that fit everything. Yes. Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Next up, we got Paperback Adventures. This is the kind of solo campaign adventure take on uh, Paperback from Fowers Games, which Paperback's mm-hmm. amazing. Hardback's amazing. And they're like, let's make a campaign out of it. I'm like, done, sold. Give me all of it. I want it. So I backed this on Kickstarter. Very excited for it to come in. Yeah, I remember doing my acquisition disorder on this, and I was kind of on the line about it. So I'm glad you backed it so I can get a chance to play it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you want to play it so I can play it with other people. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. <laughs> um, next up, we have the Nano 9 games. Uh, so three games, Railways, City Planner, and Empire. These are from Albin Viard from AV Game mm-hmm. Studios. And it is basically you use nine cards, nine cubes, and nine dice to make a game. So he's just... <laughs> Going minimalist, like Sinister Fish, small boxes. Uh, and then there's also a fourth game mixed in that will include uh, all of the mechan- all the components from all three games in the same box. So Alvin Viard designed one of these, Todd Sanders designed one of these, and then the other two they both worked on. Um, so kind of a mishmash of who's working on what. But I did back this. I'm looking forward to it because all things Alvin Viard are amazing. Todd Sanders, I actually know personally because he was in Pittsburgh and Mm -hmm. he just makes a lot of really clever, creative, single player, small box games. So I want to see how this works. All right. Uh, American Bookshop was on Kickstarter Mm -hmm. not too long ago. It's a trick taking game about different thematic books that you could find in a bookshop. I, I just love the story behind the game. Like it was designed because the designer wanted to play card games at work. He was working in a bookshop and this is how mm-hmm. like hit it inside of like a book shaped card box. 
And then I was like, hey, well, why don't we turn this into a real game? And then it's on Kickstarter. And now it's coming to me. So hmm. cool. Nice. All right. Uh, in the category of games that we probably will not play because it's too dang expensive, Dice Realms. This is the new one from Thomas Lehman and Rio Grande Games. I think it's like $120 or something like that or 100 bucks. <laughs> I don't remember. All I remember doing, yeah, 120 is the MSRP. And that's because it has removable die faces. So think back to the rolling for the Galaxy expansion that was $80 or whatever it was because it had these removable die faces and nobody bought it mm-hmm. until it went on sale. It's that, but the whole game is that. So, uh, nope. And like, I mean, there was there was Rattle Bones, which was like a cheap kind of version oh, yeah. of that, one of the early versions of it. And it was inc- so incredibly bad and dumb that it was at times fun. And then there was, I think, it's not Dice Throne, but there there is another dice game where basically you just roll dice based forge. on faces. Dice Forge. Yeah. There you go. And again, that was okay, but again, it was one of those situations where it was just kind of okay. And I think that went to clearance pretty quickly, too. I think I picked up a, a really clearance-heavy copy at GameStop when they were just tossing them out the window. I just drove by and grabbed one as on the way out. So um, I think it's weird because this mechanic should honestly be the greatest mechanic in board gaming. I'm not making fun of it. I think it's... It should work. It should work all day long. Everyone should love it. It should be like the thing. And for some reason, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just not fun to peel die faces off and put a new one on. Or or to organize them all. Like, there's 650 die faces in this box. That's why it costs so much. What <laughs> a mess. So crazy. Like, if you dump those out, it's going to take you a month to put them back. <laughs> like, oh, oh, man. Geez. And it, you watch. The game's going to be amazing. I'm just, I have no interest in playing it. If you say so. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have the new one from Ryan Lockett and Red Raven Games. Now or never. So Mm -hmm. this is a city city building uh, style hand management game. Uh, So the last few games from uh, Lockett set in the world of Arzium were a little more on the storytelling side. So like above and below, near and far. Um, This one is going a little bit back towards mechanical focused uh it looks like so more like city of iron and the like mm-hmm. um interested in it like those story building games are not for me i appreciate how amazing they are they're just not for me i just i don't click with them these ones though i do so i really want to check this one out yeah i'm a big fan of this too so i again it's one of those games where it just might be too long of a game to kind of get involved with but if somebody's involved i'm i'm jumping in all right next up we got 11 football manager board game uh, another big expensive thing that I think we avoided because it was too expensive. <laughs> so common theme here. Um, this was on game found from portal games and it's about running a football club. So interesting theme. Yeah. I, I really was excited about this. This was my acquisition disorder and I, and I kind of fought with myself a little bit about this and the designer had released a, I wouldn't say a simpler version, but like more basic version of this before they kind of picked it up and gave it like the Royal treatment, which again, I have no problem throwing money at great designers or great designs out there, but it was really expensive. It was exceptionally expensive. And I just, I just couldn't, it was, you know, again, a lot of times these games just break your heart because they look so good, but they're just, for whatever reason, they're just financially just out of whack with the cost. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. 
Um, all right, uh, next one, we've got ISS Vanguard from Awakened Realms. It is a science fiction exploration game. Uh, so cooperative, dice-driven exploration, storytelling type of game. Uh, Campaign-based, like most mm-hmm. Awakened Realms games. And I don't all their games look cool. They look sprawling. They look amazing. The production quality is always really high. Whenever you say <laughs> co-op, one to four player campaign board game, I just kind of check out mentally. Yeah. But I know a lot of people are super psyched for this. Yeah. More power to you, people. Not to us, yeah. but to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. On the smaller side, we've got Marvel Dice Throne. This is the Marvel version of Dice Throne. So fairly light, very accessible game. It was on Kickstarter not too long ago. Yeah, and again, it's it's pretty much the same game that you either know and love or just kind of like, and that's awesome. But again, also at the same time, it was just like I kind of played this, but it's just with the different you know skins on it. So again, if 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 that's your Marvel game, you're not wrong, but it is a little basic. I feel like I'm doing a TikTok right now. I apologize for that. <laughs> it's, a not, it's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic um all right so next up we have the stefan feld quadrology of new games coming out next year mm-hmm. <laughs> or this year i should say um so we've got hamburg and amsterdam were the two that were on kickstarter in 2020 and then we have new york and marrakesh were the ones that were mm-hmm. on kickstarter in the fall and tentatively i think they've said they want to ship these all around the same time which We'll see if that happens or not. Um, nothing shipped yet, so I don't know. But they're all dated for 2022. I have backed Amsterdam and Hamburg. I don't. Did you end up backing the other two or just those two? My lawyers have told me not to answer that question on the grounds it might incriminate me and make me sound like a crazy person that I backed all four on the initial campaign. So therefore, I'm going to plead the fifth, Your Honor. <laughs> That's right. Well, I can play your copy of Marrakesh because I this these, this is literally I've said this a hundred times. So I'm not going to harp on it, but these are the games that got me off the the Feld train, and I'm actually looking if anybody wants like out of print old Feld games that I don't play because I'm like, well, if I'm not going to collect them all, I'm not going to collect them. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that might right. be a top ten list in the future. Games that broke me <laughs> out of a, out of a collection. I mean, that's yeah, I could see that for sure. Oh yeah, I could think of like four just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. All right, next up we have a game that Stefan Feld worked on. So there you go. We're going to keep it up. Uh, Lagranja Deluxe Master Set. This is coming from Board and Dice. It'll be on uh, crowdfunding early this year. Um, and it is an upgraded, expanded version of the original Lagranja, which looked great, but it, I believe was based on the original Spielworks release. So it was relatively basic. Like the budgets on those games are fine, but they're not huge because they're not printing a lot of games. And then I think Stronghold had it and they don't really update anything. So like, um, so this is a big blown out deluxified version, kind of like the uh, Snowdonia and Edo master sets that board and dice have done. And they're bringing in guest designers to do like different modules. I'll have the expansion. So lots of good stuff. Um, it's a good game. So I look forward to this. Okay. Not bad. Uh, the Great Wall is one that shipped at the very, very end of 2021. So people are getting it to the table now. Uh, this is from Awakened Realms, and it is not a big sprawling wander around a map game. It is a Euro. So <laughs> that's why I backed it. I do have a copy of this. Um, asymmetrical worker placement game with engine building themes is what they call it. Mm-hmm. So 
um, you're dealing with the Mongolian horde that's constantly attacking the wall while also trying to kind of outmaneuver each other. So mm-hmm. looks great. I'm excited to get it to the table. I have not done so yet, but I do have okay. it downstairs. Sure. Shikoku 1889. This was on Kickstarter relatively recently. It is the highest backed 18xx game in Kickstarter history. Made a ton of money. Um, this is a great introductory game, and it's a really pretty version of this uh, kind of classic 18xx game from like 2004. They're bringing it back. So highly recommend it if you're looking to get into 18xx. This one is up there with Chesapeake as a great starting point. Yeah, maybe the day will come that I actually back or buy an 18XX game, but this isn't it. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to say, because a lot of these games are probably really good. It's just there hasn't been one that caught me yet, so this is not the one. I mean, they're all roughly the same, so if this one doesn't, I don't know which ones would. (laughs) Like This one was like $50, like super inexpensive compared to the rest. Looks good, so Mm -hmm. probably just out, man. I don't have to tell you. Sure. I'll, I'll uh, back it when it becomes 19 double X. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, maybe, okay. Or maybe and once we move into the next one. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Um, all right. Palaces of Carrera, second edition. Mm-hmm. I've not played this and I ended up not backing it because the price just kind of got up there for me um, for a middling older Euro that didn't look like they added too much. I was not interested. And I know you have a copy. So <laughs> I was like, eh. I have a copy. I love the game. It is. It's not a bad game. It's, it's just a straightforward kind of game. And Game Brewers, just like we talked about earlier about Portal games with Eleven, they just they just price their games a little too much. Like it's it's just like maybe it's twenty percent more than the, the cost of the game. And I'm just like, why are you doing that? Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't why? Like I, again, like you said, this this game is this game. You could pick this game up. So I'm kind of sad because, you know, more people should play it. So hopefully right. people back it. Hopefully people play it. All right. Uh, next up, we have a handful of games that are announced, and we'll see when they come out. Like, they all say 2022, but, you know, that it might be optimistic. Uh, so the first one is the new collaboration between Simone Luciani and Daniel Tashini. I don't know how to pronounce it. Tiletum? Tiletum? Um, this is a... Rich Merchants Traveling Through Europe game. So very similar thematically to Voyages of Marco Polo. It is dice management where you're rolling dice and gaining resources and actions from dice. So again, very similar to Marco Polo. (laughs) So um, they haven't released a ton of information about this. It's still in the very early stages, but uh, it's coming from Borden Dice. I know they have a bunch of big stuff on the horizon, so it may not be 2022 like they want, but I'm excited for it anyways because it's a great design combo. Um, Unconscious Mind is another one that has been kind of teased and and people talked about a little bit from Fantasia Games. Um, Fantasia Games has Endless Winter, Paleo America, coming out very soon. It was on Kickstarter. People are very psyched about that. And so this one seems to be like a completely different crazy theme um, where you have these different people who are interested in Freud's work because it's like 1900 are going on this kind of quest to learn more about psychology and neuropathology. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's a Euro game, but it, it brings in all these interesting non-traditional themes of kind of like working through the human mind. Uh, so I'm interested in that because it's different thematically. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, Anunnaki, Dawn of the Gods, is from Simone Luciani and Danilo Sabia. It is a 4X game set in the future, so Luciani getting it on the sci-fi trend. And the the tweak here is that each of these different civilizations is based on a mythology or pantheon of gods from what we know here. Uh, so it'll kind of draw on like the mix of like the big trends right now of 4X sci-fi games and uh, mythology-based uh special action games um, like we see in rising sun and, and, and all those. So I don't, I can't even wrap my head around what they're trying to do with this, but it looks interesting. I know it's very much still in development and it's coming from cranio. So it's probably a little ways off still. Um, they are saying Kickstarter and obviously it hasn't been on Kickstarter yet. So I'm skeptical. This would be 2022, but keeping an eye out for it. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. And then the last full game that has been rumored and they've kind of teased it actually is War of the Ring, the card game. So Aries put up a thank you for 10 years poster not too long ago. And this had already been rumored a little bit, but kind of faded at the top for 2022 because they show each of their big releases for the last 10 years is War of the Ring, the (laughs) Ka. So um, they are planning on releasing this this year, I think. And it is presumably their big release for late summer, early fall. Um, It's when they tend to release their big games. Don't know a ton more about it, but I know the goal here is to take all of the stuff in that War of the Ring box and boil it down into like a quicker, more accessible experience for two players, which if it works, I would be all about because it's my favorite game of all time. And I only play it like twice a year because it's so hard to get to the table. Yeah. yeah. No, I I, I can't can't imagine them doing it, but sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> please do give it a shot. Just um, go ahead. I mean, there's no, there's no <laughs> wrong answer here. You know, even if we hate it, we'll appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so real quick, ten expansions. So those are all the big games that we know are coming or mm-hmm. hope are coming. Ten expansions that are on the horizon. Um, we have the big one to start. Alien on Mars, Alien Invasion. We know this is coming because we already backed it um, earlier this in 2021 it will almost certainly come in 2022 cooperative solo competitive all the stuff is in the box and you get aliens in on mars so awesome sure, 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 sure. We, we have root the marauder expansion which brings in two new factions we have the lord of the hundreds and the keepers in iron um, as well as the um, additional kind of helper factions that they're bringing in uh, to just add additional just endless, endless asymmetry to the game that already has endless asymmetry. Uh, my number two game of all time. So lots of new stuff coming for the games I love this year. Nice. nice. Tapestry Arts and Architecture. Uh, this is a game I have not revisited since I played it before expansions came out. So I, I would like to revisit it and see what these... The, there's already one expansion out. This is the second. How they influence and improve the game. Uh, by all accounts, people are digging it so far, though. Mm-hmm. Everdell, the complete collection. I did not back this because the the way they set it up was kind of terrible for people who already owned everything and I wasn't going to support it. But if I can find cheap or used copies of the two new expansions that went into the complete collection, I will pick them up. <laughs> so, uh, Clinic good. Deluxe. There was a second and third extension that they kickstarted last spring. These are coming out in, I think, two or three months. And uh, add it to my line of clinic boxes because 
now that he's done with tramways, he's like, I'm going to release 400 expansions for clinic and you have no room for those. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's, that might go on my list of, you know, when they finally broke me out of the spell of that, of that series. I'm just like, you got to stop, man. It's just too much. Here. You gotta stop. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It'll be five expansions when they're done. If they stop here. So that's all. Oh my God. Uh, right. The Isle of Cats, Kittens and Beasts. So this is the combination expansions that were in the last Kickstarter, which Chris loves when I talk about it. So I could just go on forever. Uh, (laughs) So we're bringing in kittens. We're bringing in beasts. Uh, There's also new modules. There's a big new box with extra little bits and promos and stuff in it. It's it's more Isle of Cats. There's nothing like revolutionary in it. But if you love that game, it's more of it. If you don't, it's more of it. (laughs) Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth Spreading War Expansion. So Fantasy Flight has already said this is the last expansion. They're done after this, which is kind of nice to know, honestly, that I can just put everything in the box and call it a day. Um, There's a lot of content there, so I'm happy with it. It is app-based, so I'm hopeful that that doesn't also mean the app goes away, because that's what tends to happen. Uh, But we'll see. Marvel Champions, the card game Sinister Motives. This is the Spider-Verse big box expansion. So we're going to have the Sinister Six, new versions of Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ghost Spider. I I mean, who who doesn't love Spider-Man? So lots of new Spider-Man stuff coming, uh, presumably in the next three months, because they usually release two of these a year. Maracaibo, the Uprising is the uh, expansion from Alexander Pfister for Maracaibo that brings in the idea of the people living on these islands in the Caribbean where you were running around just dropping stuff off and picking stuff up, um, rising up against the local governments, which is a cool idea and seemingly, or at least hopefully, addresses some of the problems with the theme. We'll see, because it hasn't come out yet, but coming soon. War of the Ring, Kings of Middle-Earth. This was on the list last year. Didn't hear almost anything about it, though, in the last year, so I don't know when it's coming, but as with their last expansion it'll be done when it's done they just work on it until they're done so uh i i think they've said this will be the last expansion but again this is kind of their cash cow over at aries so we'll see (laughs) true true caverna frantic fiends from uve rosenberg and lookout games so uh we're getting orcs they're bringing in orcs get some bad guys in the caverna universe which i think is cool because you have dwarves going on quests but What's their quest? I don't know. They go out, they come back. They level up. That's that's what their quest was. So now you've got orcs, and uh, you've got to basically face off against them, make sure they don't steal your stuff, which is kind of cool. And then last but not least, we have Bonfire, Trees, and Creatures, the first expansion for Stefan Feld's Bonfire. This is listed for 2021. I think it came out at Essen, but not here yet. And... Uh, I liked Bonfire, but I didn't love it, but I thought it had a lot of potential. So I'm interested to see what this does, what it adds on to the game. Um, there's three sure. new modules. One of them's a fifth player, so it doesn't count. So two new modules, and <laughs> uh, I look forward to trying them out. It needs to do something, because the, the yeah. game itself, the base game, just wasn't enough, especially thematically. So by all means, please do. Yep. All right, so that's everything. We think, we hope, possibly, unless all the surprises happen immediately. Right now, fillets and grace for 2022. Anthony, looking forward to the new year? What do you think? 
now that you rent through all of the games? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's this list always messes me up. And I'm glad a lot of these are not available for pre-order or that they were Kickstarters that I already missed because I get really excited about all this <laughs> stuff. Right. I'm like, oh, I want that and I want that. And it's not they're, they're not available yet or I missed it already. So I'm like, OK, I don't have to think about it. <laughs> so. You're like, ah, it's, it's it's fine. I don't I don't I don't feel so bad about that anymore. So uh, obviously, get your bingo cards out and see what actually comes out this year. And hopefully, again, it'll be a great 2022. I have high hopes. Obviously, there's a lot of surprises still installed for this year. And uh, yeah, until next time, this is Chris. Hey, and this is Anthony. And we'll save you a seat in 2022. Take care. Bye.